0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to your next episode of the podcast series. So this is a different one. This is the first time I'm doing something by myself. So um, hopefully you enjoy it, but I thought it was appropriate to get some thoughts down on an amazing experience that I've had in the last, uh, when was it, maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, And yeah, a lot of people have been asking about it. Uh, A lot of people knew I was going on it, but I went on a silent meditation retreat. So I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, not exactly this thing. And I just want to talk about how it came about, some of the things that happened while I was there. And yep, just some just some thoughts on anyone who's interested to know how it went. And if you're considering doing something like this yourself. So I've got a bunch of notes I'm going to go through. It might be all a little bit over the place, but I'm just going to riff and just see where we go with this. So hope you enjoy this episode of my podcast around my silent meditation retreat. Okay, so A few years ago, uh, I read somewhere about Bill Gates, and he was incredible at going to a log cabin, taking away all distraction, and fully immersing himself in some deep thinking. Uh, I read it in Cal Newport's book, Either Deep Work or Digital Minimalism, and I thought, you know what, I want to do something like that. I want to go there, you know, take everything off the table, you know, all... Phones and distractions, and even reading a book, just like literally nothing. You know, take a notepad and pen and just get at it. So, I told my lovely other half, Steph, about this. And um for my 40th birthday party or 40th birthday present, she uh, let me know that she'd booked me on to a five day silent meditation retreat uh, in about a month's time. So, this was early January. I went into the retreat at the end of Feb 2023. So it was incredible. I was nervous and excited and wasn't quite sure how it was gonna go. but you know what with with the spirit and the nature that I wanted to do it, I just wanted to embrace it. So I thought let's 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 give this a go. Um, so it's it was in a Gaia house in Devon, so about a three and a half hour trip from where I was. Beautiful countryside, beautiful part of the world, um, quite an old house, very basic. Um, and, and that was a big part of it that that it was super basic. You know, single beds. We were sharing rooms with people. The food was a plant-based diet, which again, coming from South Africa and having a lot of meat <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, having a lot of meat uh, that was something that was interesting and maybe a little bit challenging. But to say the food was incredible, I don't know if it was just because of the quality of the food. I'm sure that had a big bearing on it, but because it was silent, because things were slow, because you had to be in the moment, it felt like you really appreciated the food and thoroughly enjoyed it. So I couldn't emphasize enough how much I was looking forward to the food each day, not as a distraction from the silence and the meditation, but uh, just purely that it was was incredible. So yeah, Gaia House in Devon, beautiful part of the world, really difficult to get to in regard to like very small, simple country lanes, single tracks, and it, it was just incredible, like really, really great nature. So the big headline, the big takeaway that uh, when I've told people about this, I'm definitely going again, 100% going again. I I want to book off those five days, maybe end of Feb every year in my calendar and be able to go, right, this is something that I need to do every single year because it was powerful. It was something that was incredibly nourishing but incredibly difficult and hard at the same time, and I'll unpack little bits of this as I as I go. If you're if you're still here and still interested in listening to this, but um, yeah, it, it it was it was definitely eye opening. Uh, even though the eyes were closed a hell of a lot of the time, and there were some very very deep thoughts. So going back to the whole take myself to a cabin in the woods with you know no distractions, this definitely ticked the box. Everything just slowed down. I had a lot of intentions before I went in. I was like, right, I want to unblock these thoughts and I want to, you know, read some books and I want to really kind of get, you know, some outcomes from this. But very quickly after arriving and when we had our first lecture from the teachers, there were two teachers and they were incredible. Both had their different strengths and different ways of teaching. And I'll talk a little bit more about one in particular towards the end. Um, basically talked about dropping the intentions dropping with you know what you want to get out of this that's not why we're here we're here to try and empty our mind continue to empty our mind continue to be present and mindful and to and to go with the flow of what was designed what was really interesting there was a lot of structure. So for something that, you know, you tell someone you're going on a silent meditation retreat, maybe the first thing you think about is like, wow, okay, you've literally just got all this free time to do what you want, read some books, go for some exercise, you know, maybe meditate a bit here and there. But no, it was structured. There was some serious, serious structure. Um, so yeah, my my intentions definitely got ripped up early on and I I let myself over to the program. So how it worked, 6.30 in the morning, you would get a ding and alarm. This is on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning because Monday you arrive at about three o'clock in the afternoon, everyone's chatting. There was 35 different people on there, a nice broad range of demographics, some some youngsters in their early 20s, maybe a couple of teens. Uh, and then majority were pretty much between that, maybe 30 to 45 mark. And then there was a few um, people that were older, maybe in their 50s or 60s, but a really nice range of demographics. So got there, started chatting, started talking about things, and it was really nice, vibing with people, all a bit nervous. There was lots of new people on. There was, there was maybe 10, 15% had been on something like this before. So yeah, it was incredible. And uh yeah, if Mark's listening, Mark, how's it my man? Um, good good to kind of vibe with you at the start and the end. So I uh, met, met a cool guy and we kind of we, we vibe pretty cool in that sense. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really cool. We then had our bit of our you know opening dinner and chatted and everything was nice and you know open then we went into the meditation hall and there was a nice lecture from the teachers just about you know how it was going to go and all, all of the kind of parameters and then silence i think it was at 7 p.m. on the first monday maybe a bit later maybe 8 p.m. on the on the first monday so you know the first day didn't feel like it was in massive silence then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was pretty much full silence. There was a little bit of breaking silence, and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and then Friday, the silence was lifted at around maybe 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was only really three full days. And in reflection, one of the things I want to do, I really want to do it for longer. And, and what I mean for longer, you know, five days is great, but but five days of, you know, really deep getting into it and and being in the moment. Because the Monday and the Friday were, were good, don't get me wrong. But it definitely felt like clicked into gear. You know, for me, it was like Wednesday evening. There was a Wednesday evening meditation that I really clicked in. So, anyway, going back to the structure 6:30, little ding alarm bell goes off. Um, I'm super into my cold showers at the moment, been doing them for about three or four months. Love them, think they're so powerful. There's some great neuroscience and everything from mood to, uh, you know, how your body functions and endorphins that get released in your body. Anyway, so 6:30 goes off. I'm in the shower getting all cold and the first meditation starts at 7 a.m i think when you work it out it it roughly is about three and a half to four hours of meditation in the hall and the meditation in the hall varied from guided meditation to silent meditation blocks of around 30 to 45 minutes Uh, there were some shorter blocks of about 20 minutes 15 minutes sometimes and it was all structured the day was was like crazy structured And, and after speaking with people at the end that was quite contrasting to going there and and not being worried about things, not rushing around. And actually the structure maybe slightly got you to rush around a little bit, but I, I didn't feel that. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed, you know, they just posted it on a board in the, in the day and you'd go look at the board and you would, you know, get into the structure. You would then go and have your breakfast pretty soon after that. So you would have about a was it, yeah, 30 minute silent meditation at seven o'clock till 7.30, breakfast from 7.30 till 8.15. And then from 8.15 to 9.15, it was work duties. And you could all sign up for different parts of work. Uh, I got onto the gardening duty, which I was really chuffed with. You know, there was things like cleaning the house, cleaning the dishes, um, all all stuff in the house. Uh, So the gardening duty was great. And we were told to be obviously very mindful and present with whatever we're doing. So I had the combination of scraping some ivy off the wall. That was that was one of on my very first day. Loads of ivy. And that was really kind of, you know, really close up to the wall and scraping bits by bit by bit. I think I might write a blog on this, <laughs> possibly, you know, kind of like there's times when you really kind of, you know, you take off the smallest pieces and really digging into it. And there's other times where you kind of pull a strip of ivy off and it all comes off at once. I don't know, for me, they felt like an analogy there for, for, for life. You know, sometimes we're straining hard for the smallest gains, hardly seeing it. But then actually other times we just pull the right vine and get it off. And all of a sudden it just comes off freely. So I, I, I'm going to wrestle around with a bit of a, a bit of an analogy there. Yeah, I was then on different gardening duties. Um, I, had to, I had to pull up some kind of some shrubs and had to kind of plant a few things, had to move some sand. So it was great. I loved it. And there was a little bit of talking with the gardener. So at the very beginning, there's the practicalities and that's it. Like you just literally talk practicalities and then you get left on to do your thing. So it was great, love that. Uh, lots of tea was consumed during the silent meditation. They had incredible ranges of tea, uh, honey. So it was like nice and healthy and that was good. You know, I, I really um lent into the the rooibos, you know, the South African tea. They're very good for um, detoxing and no caffeine. It was really, really great. So yeah, no caffeine, no no coffee, no stimulants, uh, so to speak. They teach did talk to you about, um, you know, drug usage, and obviously, you know, I don't take any drugs at all. And also, you know, sexual stuff, which I thought was quite interesting. So it was all about trying to reduce any distractions and just opening up your mind. And then the rest of the day, I'm not going to go through each little moment of the day because you're probably bored to death with this. But it was a combination of sitting in the hall, meditating, and then also outside walking meditation, which I loved. I love the walking meditation. There was this incredible tree in the front lawn. And the walking meditation is meant to be really, really slow. Like you'd walk 20 meters in about five or six minutes, maybe even a little bit more. You know, it's kind of heel, midfoot, toe, then lift your heel off, lift your midfoot off. And it's just a really slow, precise, deliberate way to walk, and you're just trying to ground yourself. You, you obviously can look at nature, you can try and anchor yourself to sounds, but it's almost the movement this this idea where you're really moving slowly and chilled, and just loving it. So it was yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. I really enjoyed the walking meditation. felt I really you know connected with that, connected with everything, but the walking meditation was great. I did struggle with the meditation in the hall with, especially with a position, um, I don't know if it's because of my squash, but my, my hips aren't the greatest. So I had to find quite a quite a interesting kneeling position with a few cushions, um, basically under my butt to kind of hold me up a bit. But what I find interesting, when I was meditating, I actually got to the point where I was acknowledging and recognizing the pain and leaning into the pain and becoming curious about the pain. On that Wednesday evening, I that's when I really clicked. We had a 45 minute silent meditation and really got deep into the, the the curiosity of pain and how that anchored me. And yeah, it was like, you know, when it finishes, you're stiff and you almost can kind of not even undo your legs or your knees or anything like that. But yeah, it, the whole idea of meditation, as you well know, is to is to recognize the thoughts that might might have taken you away, to acknowledge them. You know, you're not trying to block thoughts and how you can gently bring yourself back into the moment. There was a lot of breathing, anchoring which i thought i would have really attached to because i use breathing a lot with with the players i work with with you know even just in my mindfulness thing but the breathing one i found really hard to use that as an anchor maybe because i used so much anyway it didn't feel maybe fresh or novel or something that i could anchor to but yeah the the pain in the sitting position really was interesting so i thought i thought that was that was a real cool little thing to kind of attach on and yeah ever since i you know coming back into the real world and i'll talk about this towards the end you know finding things to to anchor to to bring you into the moment to make you more mindful to to make sure you're doing one task at one time and one of the other things just to mention now i've said this to a lot of people it was a lot of hard work mentally um let me just go back a step there was around about three and a half to four hours of sitting meditation there was probably a just about the same amount if not less than walking meditation and there was also something called the dharma which is the you know in the evenings the teachers would take about 45 minutes to an hour and educate us on a certain topic uh you know whether it was gratitude or or letting go i can't quite remember what they were now but the good thing is i'm able to access the recordings and i definitely want to re-listen to a couple of them so where jenny and romero were our two teachers jenny uh, I think she was the more experienced one. She's been there a while, been doing a lot of this stuff, really vibed and, and 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 got with what she was saying and really resonated. But Romero in particular, really enjoyed him. I, I, I'm i gonna, well, I spoke with him afterwards. The reason I think I connected slightly more with Romero, there's nothing against Jenny whatsoever. I think Jenny's teaching really hit the mark on a few things, especially parts of the loving kindness, parts of meta, parts of acceptance and 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 not having to force things. Thing I liked about Romero, and this this builds into a lot of the philosophy I'm trying to do with with Sport Mind. He's he looks at the ancient Greek way of thinking as well as Buddhism, and for me that was like yes, because I love the Stoics. I study the Stoics. I, I read about the Stoics daily. I'm always trying to bring it into the lessons I give and my life lessons in itself. So um, just gonna. Fast forward here a little bit, but Ramiro agreed to be on a podcast in the future, so watch out for that. I can't wait to have a good chat with him, go deep, and and the way he taught was was really, yeah, again, present, mindful, slowing down. And there was a lot of conversation around striving, striving for the goal, striving for the success, striving for the big thing that you want to get out of life but with the right amount of effort. And I thought that was really cool. So I want to really unpack that with him and, and understand more what he was saying with that and you know, record and help help all of you out that may be listening. So like I said, lots of hard work mentally with three and a half, four hours of sitting meditation and about the three hours of walking meditation, pure silence in the halls, when you're eating, when you're walking around, because it's not lazing about, you're you're having to check in with yourself, you're having to try and bring your awareness back to this current moment, and that's not a setting in the modern world we are set up for right you, you know everything is quick and fast and you know moving at a million miles an hour and we're reacting to things again on a personal level i try and time block my day and i put blocks of deep work in between an hour and an hour and a half where i don't do anything besides that one task i'm really focusing in on but then i allow myself shallow work where i come out of that and it's a bit more reactive for the next hour just yeah, bouncing around doing things that i need to So I think I was doing bits of this anyway, but yeah, it was draining, you know, the last meditation finished at 9.15 in the evening, and yeah, by 9.30, I was out for the count, proper deep sleep, really, really deep into it. Um, What I find interesting was my dreams were proper, proper weird and messed up and all over the place, and people I've not thought about for years and years and years and situations, and they, they, they did say that the dreams were going to be quite uh, lucid. So the one thing to mention, even though it was a five-day silent meditation retreat, on two of the days, on the Tuesday and Wednesday for my little group, we did have I think it was 45 minute, like a breakout session in like a private area with each of the teachers. They wanted to just know how we were doing, if there was any questions or concerns. So there was a tiny bit of talking then, maybe only five or six minutes from each person uh, and then a bit of talking from the teachers. So that's when a bit of silence was broken, which which I found, okay, I would have preferred to really immerse in the silence for longer. And I think there are different retreats where you can go on for longer with that. So I think that was interesting. and But besides that, the silence was was purely silence. Um, you were allowed to ask the teachers things and you could pin notes to the board, which I thought was really cool. I think after the maybe the second or third day, I pinned a couple of notes and you could pin notes to the teachers or, or people that were there as well. And that was that was really nice it's really nice to pin a note and someone to get it and then actually to reply to you whatever five hours later the day later it's quite you get like like a little nervous buzz in your in your belly when you see your name pinned to the board with a note folded over <laughs> It sounds so weird because obviously in life and whatsapp and emails we're just on that the whole time but with the slow pace and the real takeaway of all the distractions that that was really cool so I really really like that a couple of big takeaways i felt very very in touch with nature that tree i talked about was incredible the sounds the beautiful gardens the just 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 where we were the, the sound of the sheep there was a church right next to like a really old church and you know walk around the graveyard for a little bit and not to be morbid but you know walking around graveyards for me are quite an interesting thing because you just reflect on life. You know, no matter how important you think things are in that moment, no matter how big or or you know upsetting things are, at the end of the day, we're all going to be dust. You know, sorry to sound a bit down and out, but I, for me, I like I like thinking of that as a motivating factor. The Stoics talk about premeditata malorum, which is all about meditate on your death. The thing you are doing right now, if you were to be taken tomorrow. Are you satisfied? Are you are you leaning into it? Of course we can't have that 24 hours a day, but on the whole, can we keep checking in with that? So yeah, getting in touch with nature and, and having that that church, you know, there was there was you know some people who had died in 1914, like a 14-year-old boy who died in 1914. I was thinking, wow, okay, you know, horrible that he died, but you know, he didn't have to see World War One. You know, I know it sounds a very bizarre thing, but these were the type of thoughts that start coming up. And you know i haven't really thought about that actually until i'm i'm started recording this so i didn't even write that down in my notes and i'm finding that that yeah every so often when i do have some quiet moments in the normal day to day life my thoughts do go to these these times and these little things that i did when i was there and these thoughts that i had when i was uh, on this retreat so yeah very felt very t- in touch with nature as I said, Wednesday evening meditation is when it really clicked. Um, the pain, the mind over matter type idea I thought was, was cool. And that this is what I started to get towards that going, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it.
1: Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: You know, I know our mind is powerful and it's incredible, you know, hence the work I'm doing. But I was like, wow, it is really incredible what you can do. And I remember reading quite a few years before I even went into this. Uh, around they did some tests on when marathon runners hit the wall. You know, they get I don't know three or four miles away from the finish line and they they hit the wall. Everything just slows down and they can hardly put one foot in front of the other. And very basically, what the research found, the body always gave up before the mind. You know, the mind could actually go way way further. The mind is there to protect us to make sure that we're not you know, going to die. But actually when you really convince your mind going, I'm not going to die. I'm running a marathon. Yes, it hurts. And yes, my body is physically screaming at me, but it's mind over matter. So I thought that was a real cool insight that I'm going to try and keep using with my day-to-day life. The idea of like, yeah, you know, again, not I'm not one for pain at all, but you might think I am cold showers and being curious about the pain and meditating and finding the, the kind of the position. But it's the idea of, yeah mind over matter and 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 that's that's incredible i think the other thing i got out of this was the importance of close relationships and not taking them for granted it's probably one of my weaker areas and it's something i'll hold my hands up to i'm trying harder at it and trying to be better at it and trying to be more mindful of it and yeah you know sometimes we can get caught up with the the validation of complete strangers and that's okay, it gives you a bit of dopamine and it's nice. And you think, well, wow, I'm doing something well and you know moving the ball down the field. But when you really get down into it, the importance of close relationships, um, you know, with close family members, with co- close friends, not taking them for granted. So, you know, again, without any intentions before, these were some of the takeaways that I that I got out of it. Another thing was a slightly clearer business idea and finding out what is important in my life and my business. So I had some really deep insights there. And, and if I'm honest, a lot of my thoughts did go towards that. I uh, did come away with a bit of profound thinking, and I'm going to talk about that right at the end of this podcast. But yeah, it was it was nice to, to know, listen, if you're not building your dream, you're building somebody else's dream. That that was quite a big takeaway. And I was listening to a podcast just before I went in while I was driving up there. Maybe I, I shouldn't have, but it actually helped quite a lot. And that was one of the final messages in the podcast was, if you're not building your dream, you're building somebody else's dream. And, and a few things have kind of shifted for me um, professionally since I've come out. And yep, some super exciting times. I feel so positive and so enthused about the future coming up. Uh, there's a few little things to still unpack and try square away. But on the whole, it feels like an incredible, exciting future that you know. hopefully I'm building my dream at that side. One other thing that came to mind a lot was this idea of slow productivity, Focusing on one task at a time. Slow productivity is not my word. It's from Cal Newport again, um, more so in his emails, not his books. And I love this idea about slow productivity, focusing on one task at a time. I've been okay at this. I, I think I was doing parts of it before, I feel I'm doing it slightly better, but I'm still not 100 there yet. Um, but I'm more aware of it. I'm more aware of of finding that one thing and going, yeah, I this is it right now. Quick example yesterday, you know, running a squad session, squash squad session, and had all my players on the court. And you know, usually my my Apple Watch buzzes with some notifications. Only real WhatsApp and messages. I don't have many notifications come through, but I do often just pick up my phone and check my email real quickly, or I can just fire off a quick reply. And yeah, I'm like, no, stop it. Like, do not disturb, put it on. I do not need, you know, I'm here for the next hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes. The main thing is me being present, you know. So even when I was watching the players and walking up and down, when I wasn't talking, they were doing their drills, I I was just centering myself the way I, like, you know, my, my my feet and my shoes or the sound of the ball. And I really like that because very often when there's that moment of boredom, and boredom's the wrong word moments of lack of stimulation it's like right bang i need to stimulate myself or we might need to stimulate ourselves. we always need to feel like we're having this input and it was really nice to be able to go no i don't accept that and i'm going to train my mind to be in that present moment and that slow productivity that also goes when i sit down in front of the, the computer when i need to work but like i said i i think for me the balance is slow productivity my deep work i call it dw when i'm doing my um, my my time blocking for my day and sw because sometimes i need to move fast i need to fire off the emails i need to have quick responses to certain things and i think it's getting that balance right and i think we we can we can train like that look if i'm being super honest i would i would love a whole day of day week months of deep work but maybe not possible i'm working on that and you know when i talk about the clear business ideas and building my dreams i think that's know getting closer to what i want to try and get towards so that's just a little you know thing that's going to bubble in the background what was really curious is i ended up getting one song stuck in my head (laughs) and it's a song i love i saw this band in november 2022 so the band is Biffy Clyro, a Scottish band, very similar to Foo Fighters in a way, you know, long black hair, kind of loud, kind of dirty, kind of dirty rock, you can call it that. But incredible voice, Love them for years. And the song is called Machines. So Biffy Clyro, Machines. It's an incredible song. I'd recommend checking it out. But um, some of the lyrics go, uh, I won't try and sing it, but, you know, I've, I've stopped, you know, appreciating the meaning of life and it's falling apart. Um, I can't actually remember the lyrics without singing it and I'm definitely not going to sing it so sorry people this is a little teaser go and listen to Biffy Clyro Machines oh here we go I've I've just kind of clicked with it I've I've started falling apart I'm not savoring life I've forgotten how good it could be to be alive there we go that that kind of kept coming back in my mind I've started falling apart I'm not savoring life and there was another little bit in there I've forgotten how good it could be to be alive. And this was on the walking meditation a little bit more, hearing the sheep, the nature side of things. And again, I, I, like life's incredible. I, I've got an incredible life and lucky and, you know, almost living millions of people's paradise, I can imagine. So for one second, I'm not saying I'm falling apart. It's all destructive. But I thought it was really interesting that that song got stuck on a loop in my head. But it actually helped as well because it just got me to try and appreciate things a little bit more. So, you know, 40 years old. You know, for me, my goal is, is triple figures. I want to get to 100. God damn it. I need it. I want to get there. But let's be real. I might be at the halfway point. I might be at the exact halfway point of this existence. And it's like, wow, okay. Is is <laughs> How quick is this coming? You know what? Even the last 10 years, I'm like, okay, the next 10 years feels like it's going to go in the flash of an eye. So it did feel like it got me to slow down and appreciate it. Just before lunchtime on each day, there was because of all the sitting and keeping still the teachers did a few mindful movements almost like um tai chi and it was it was brilliant i'm actually going to film these for some for, for for athletes and squash players or any athletes Before matches, it felt really great. But it was these slow movements. And yes, obviously, you're moving and stretching your body slightly. So not yoga, but it was like it was like a like an up and a down, and you're attaching it to your breath and you're attaching it to your vision and the way you're like moving your hands and your body and your movements. It was incredible. I loved it. And I'm definitely gonna speak to Ramiro about that because he he did quite a lot of this. He he was showing us these movements, these mindful movements. And I thought that was brilliant. You know, yes, we need to obviously physically warm up and get our heart rate and feel like our body's not gonna let us down when we compete. But I really like this for addressing nervousness, addressing anxiety, being present in the moment and actually almost emptying your mind before you go on to your arena. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. I think that could be a combination with obviously a quite a physical warm up. But I talk about the three Ms when, when someone's warming up before a match. Music movement mindfulness and music is music obviously you can put it on and get your music going movement generally is the warm-up and getting physical um and music movement mindfulness the mindfulness is more about obviously clearing your mind maybe doing a little meditation but i'm thinking the movement and the mindfulness can become attached together they should be anyway and and i do encourage my players but if you're doing quite a physical warm-up and and kind of buzzing around and obviously sports you need this right so let let me not kind of say you know you're going to be a zen athlete every time you step onto court but with these mindful movements and these, the way you move, it felt like you can get yourself closer to flow because flow is a timeless, thoughtless state, not thoughtless in regard, you don't have tactics there, but you're just fully trusting and immersing yourself in that moment. So I really like that, that idea of, of you know, that, the mindful movements. And one of my final takeaways before I, I wrap this up and talk about final thoughts, and uh, you know there might be no people left listening to this, and that's completely fine. I'm just reflecting with myself, and that's cool. <laughs> so it was really jarring to get back into the real world, and it was quite strange. And when I say jarring, the first few hours, you know, a bit embarrassing to admit this, my first emotion was anger. I just felt angry. It was really strange. I, again, let's be real. Yeah, we're going from this really serene, peaceful place that's been removed from any distractions or any pace or news or people wanting your attention. And yeah, I think, you know, within 20, 30 minutes, I kind of stopped at a garage, got a quick bite to eat and filled the car up. And I was just angry. I was angry with people and the world and you know, the pace of things. And I just, I just try to let it go. I just try to slow down for a second. I was like, okay, this is okay. This is normal. You know, you you you've just come into this really quick, fast-paced world. Um, I I didn't check my phone for a bit, but but you know, once I put Google Maps on and just, I was like, no, don't check your phone, don't check your phone. But you know, I, I did. I'll be honest, I did. It, it wasn't it wasn't great, and uh, that might have been a contributing factor. You know, the nice thing was was a Friday. And I knew I had a very chilled weekend coming up. So I didn't have to go straight back into work. But even just checking a couple of emails and seeing some WhatsApp and people trying to, you know, grab my attention. And it was like, wow, okay, this is this is kind of not what I want. And listen, I'm real. This is the real world. You know, I get paid to do things. So I need to obviously be able to, you know, execute on those things. So, but it goes back to the whole clearer business ideas, how I want to find that slow productivity and build my dream on my terms. This sounds really selfish and egotistical. Hope it's not coming across as that. It's just pure, honest reflections and thoughts. Um, So yeah, kind of having to balance that thing out there. And again, you know, once I got back three and a half hours, I was actually really cool and chilled and really, really good in that sense. So that was my big takeaways. And I've just got a few final thoughts. So final thoughts. I've mentioned a couple of these. I will do this at least once a year. I definitely think it's something that I want to do and maybe explore different methods of it, but it was definitely worth it. And like I said, I want to do it slightly longer, be in silence for, I think five days would be lovely, a five-day silent, you know, okay, yes, I know you might have to build in a before and after day, uh, but yeah, would definitely love a a five-day deep one and definitely doing it once a year, it's something that's going to become a habit of my life, you know, for different reasons again with no intentions like i said but if there are intentions to slow down to not be on other people's agendas you to be able to be the best version of myself when i'm in the world and putting things back out there so yeah that's one of the big reasons i want to do it again it was super nourishing and had a massive renewed energy I think personally, everyone should try something like this at least once, you know, whether it is, you know, a five-day in-depth, you know, silent meditation retreat, whether it's a two-week one, whatever it is. Maybe it's just, you know, go away for a weekend and, you know, tell yourself, I'm going to turn my phone off on Saturday morning and only turn it on again on Sunday night, you know, something where we can try and not be yanked around, you know, that that for me, it doesn't lend itself to productivity or happy life and how can we find that idea where do you know what right here and right now i just want to be centered i want to be with my thoughts whatever they may be just let them come and go but finding a way to be able to do it so yeah my highly recommended to do it if you if you like gaia house um please let me know because I can definitely put you in touch with them. Uh, I will be speaking to them about possibly some affiliation because I really highly recommend that I'm definitely going there again. What they do is incredible. Uh, they they survive on charity. So, you know, it's not that expensive to go there, but you contribute at the end to the teachers or to the house. So yeah, I just love that philosophy. It's not some Hollywood, you know, yeah, you're going for these like, you know, thousand dollar juices and lying there with cucumbers on your eyes and, you know, having Reiki, you know, people kind of put their hands on to- not not on you, but just overuse so it. It's not that, it's not the kind of real glamorous one. It's it's basic, it's stripped back, but that's, that's the beauty of it. So listen, well done Gaia House. I think you've got an incredible thing there the people, the support, everything around it is just phenomenal. So massive thumbs up for me. So how am I gonna use this in real life? Um, I've already given you maybe some examples, but checking in and centering myself often, that, that for me is how I wanna use this in real life. I really wanna get this idea of the world is real and we have to live in a real world, but we can definitely find zen, we can find peace, we can find calmness in that chaos, in that that franticness. That's how I want to try and do it. And again, ranging from little things, you know, I was doing a bit of this even before I went in, but yeah, certain weekends, turn my phone off on Saturday morning, only turn it on again on Monday morning, you know, have all of Saturday, all of Sunday, no distractions, just purely with myself, with my other half, with my dogs, you know, just, just really being there, watching trash TV, reading a couple of books, whatever, but all on my terms. And again, I don't want to sound egotistical or selfish, but it's kind of, it's being selfish for a good outcome, the other side, to be the best person in the world, to build those deeper relationships, to try and create content that helps people, whatever it may be. So for me, I think yeah, being yanked around doesn't lend itself for me being my best self. Like I said, I'm going to get Romero Ortega Ortega on. I'll uh, I think that's his name Orte- Ortega. Romero we'll just go with Romero on a future podcast because he had a lovely balance of yeah he lives in the real world and he needs to pay his bills and he needs to get things done but how he can be really mindful present and striving but with the right amount of effort and and I'm gonna really love unpacking that with him and then finally big one with sport mind and this is where you know I came out of it refreshed and renewed I've got a bit of a new strap line again I think it'll stay basically sport mind psychology done different why i say it's psychology done different it's all about the ancient thinking the, the 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 greek stoics the roman stoics and buddhism but blended with modern science i love neuroscience i love how the brain works and the different parts and how we can you know manipulate our brain and our brain is plastic it's crazy i love it it's plastic and all these things we can do so i love the plastic inside of it but these guys and people were thinking about this and doing it thousands of years ago these ancient wisdoms ancient tradition ancient thinking but modern science backs it up so that's where i'm going to be leaning into with sport mind more to give practical tools as always but to use the references of hey this is how the stoics thought we don't control what happens we control how we respond and by the way here's what three journals here's what the modern science says here what here's what andrew huberman you know neuroscientist says about this here's how we can train the brain to not respond to that first thing, the two arrows in Buddhist wisdom. You know, you can't be avoid being hit by the first arrow, the first emotion, but you can choose whether you be hit by the second arrow. So pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I just think there's such a beautiful blend between the idea of this ancient wisdom. These guys were doing it years ago, like I said, and, you know, it can be backed up now. It can be backed up with actual scientific data and i just think that's something incredible i wish i'd known about this when i was younger and an athlete you know the win at all cost mentality and you know everything was just you know hyper important and it's like wow if i'm winning matches i'm a i'm a great human being if i'm losing i'm the worst in the world but actually if we can bring some some philosophy into this some slowing down some some zen some stoicism but knowing what it's doing internally knowing how it's rewiring our brain and how we move through the world a lot more peaceful, a lot more calm, and a lot more in touch with actual, the real important things. And when that comes right, surely we're gonna perform better. Surely we're gonna be able to do the things we wanna do with real love, real passion, real dedication, and get the best out of ourselves. And if we don't succeed, that's okay. That's so okay. Because it's the person we've become along the way. It's the person we are growing in each and every moment. Not what a computer screen says about our bank balance or our ranking or our status in the world or our job title. Yes, that's the real world and that's partly important. But isn't it more important to get the internals fixed? Not fixed, that's the wrong word, but get the internals right so the externals just take care of itself. You know, there's only actually probably a small amount of things we have 100% control over in our life. And if we really think about it, do we only have 100% control over our attitude? And once we have that hundred percent control over our attitude to each situation, we can live a very present and long and beautiful life. It was one of the Stoic lessons. I think yesterday or the day before, Marcus Aurelius said something along the lines of, "If we live in the present, in the present, if we live now, that is a long life." You know, you know, it's a lot. Like if we're continually here in this, in this present moment, if we're continually in the past and in the future, and continually overly analyzing everything it's like wow we're not living a long life you know so yes of course we need a plan we need to think ahead but actually when we're executing things can we become present and mindful so yeah, psychology done different. Stoicism, Buddhism blended with modern science. Hope that sounds interesting and exciting for anyone who's still here listening. Um, this has just been a platform for me to ramble on a little bit more and maybe <laughs> deepen my thoughts. But um, if you're still here, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, if you're interested in doing it, please, please check it out. Please do something like this. I thoroughly recommend it. Come out so nourished, re- refreshed, renewed. And like I said, lots of things to unpack them. But listen, thanks for staying with me so far. I hope you're enjoying the rest of the podcast. Thank you for being part of the SportMind universe. As always, please pay this forward. Send this to anyone who you think it may help. And listen, I look forward to seeing you on the flip side.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.